Well, greetings, my friend, and welcome to today's episode of Seven Figure Millennials, where together, you and I are doing things differently. We are choosing, we are committing to prioritizing our happiness, health, and relationships while building a business that creates a meaningful impact in the lives of the people that we love and generating the wealth for us to design a beautiful life on our terms. And if you are here as a first-time listener or a seasoned listener, I always love to say how much I appreciate you, how much I love you for taking the time today to expand and grow. Every single week I'm interviewing epic humans, making a beautiful impact in the world to support you in doing exactly the same. And today's legendary leader of impact is Alok Apaterai. And in this episode, you're gonna learn so much, but I want you to look out for three specific things. Number one, what it means to be a wealth circulator and why it's crucial if you desire to make the biggest impact and contribution to the world that you're capable of making. Number two, how to avoid one of the biggest impact bottlenecks that prevent you from making a meaningful difference in the world. And the third thing that I want you to look out for is actually a question. So here's the seed I'm going to plant. Are the people who have created a massive impact in the world, I'm talking Martin Luther King Jr., Mother Teresa Gandhi, are they different than you and I? Alok answers that question. So you're probably wondering at this point, who is Alok? Alok was born in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania in 1978 and has dedicated his life to making a positive impact in the world. He's launched four impact-driven companies, three in the industries of clean energy, global media for women, and sustainable clothing, as well as his most recent company, Uplift Millions, a coaching company for entrepreneurs who value people, planet, and profit. In 2015, Alok gave a TEDx talk on feeding hundreds of thousands of emergency meals to people in need. He was nominated for the Gifted Citizen Award and has been recognized by the Akosha Foundation's Thread for Thought competition and has been a speaker for multiple social entrepreneurship summits and events. Much of Alok's professional career has been spent creating businesses that uplift women in particular. He believes the world gets better when more money flows through more women. Alok's travels to more than 30 countries on five continents, including visits to Mother Teresa's house in Calcutta and in the slums of Johannesburg, combined with growing up in West Philadelphia, have shaped his dedication to making other people's lives better. But the most transformative day of his life thus far was the day his son, Sequoia, was born. Alok wears his heart on his sleeve, enjoys making hand-poured candles, and loves to ski, and his favorite food is masala dosa, and whenever he eats Ben and Jerry's ice cream, he thinks of his late mother, Carol. Man, Alok is such an incredible human being. I'm so excited for you to listen to this incredible interview, and before we do, I have to give a shout-out to Marusha Murphy, who made this incredible introduction. Marusha actually also introduced me to another incredible guest on the show, Shannon Graham, and so two incredibly impactful humans she's introduced me to, as well as Marusha being an incredible, incredibly impactful human. You can go listen to her episode as well. So, so with all that said, please enjoy this conversation with my new friend, Alok Apaterai. If you had to pick between A, making a ton of money, B, being happy, healthy, and surrounded with people you love, or C, making a meaningful impact on the world, which would you choose? The good news is that today we don't have to choose. So the question is, how can entrepreneurs like you and me, who have a vision for our lives and aren't willing to settle for anything less, how can we become financially successful and have a big impact while prioritizing our happiness, health, and relationships? You and I are on a mission to find out, and we have an incredible journey ahead of us. My name is Brandon Fong, and welcome to the Seven Figure Millennials Podcast. Alok, my friend, welcome to the show. Super excited to have you here. Uh, such a joy to be here. It's a real honor and a privilege. Absolutely. And, you know, just before we hit the record button, just before our friends joined in with us today, I was telling you about how grateful I was not only just to talk to you, but the fact that we're talking today. So, for those of you that are listening to this in the future when we're not recording this, today is October 4th, 2022. And um, 13 years ago to this day was a very important day for you, Alok. Um, a, a challenging day, but as, as I've heard you describe, one of the most impactful days in your life. And so I, I, would I always love to start with a story that really just en engages people. So let let's take people back to October 4th, 2009. You walk into your parents' apartment. Um, what happens next? Yeah, you know, it was it was the the night that changed my life forever. And uh, I had been at a, a wedding. My friend James was getting married in Manhattan. And, uh, you know, I got a text message from my father. My mother had been in a long battle with cancer. 
really since I was 14 years old off and on. And so uh, I've been receiving these text messages over the years, right? Hey, we could use your help tonight. And uh, I looked down at the text message. I had come out uh, back then. I was still a drinker and, you know, came out from this wedding, was a, a little lit at the time. And, and I thought, you know, is tonight the night I'm going to rally? And uh, to be very honest with you, I, 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 I didn't. I, I said, well, I, I don't think I can rally tonight for my father and for my mother um, and, and go to their house. And so I got in a taxi and started heading down the west side of uh, highway in Manhattan, headed back to Brooklyn. And in that moment, as I was driving down the West Side Highway in the backseat of that cab, uh, a message, you know, for all of you out there who get messages, um, a message came to me that if I didn't show up for my mother tonight, I would regret it for the rest of my life. And in that moment, I literally just said to the cabbie, pull off right here. We're at Christopher Street on the West Side Highway, cut across Manhattan, got to my parents' home on Bleecker and uh, walked in. And immediately I could see my father off to the right in the living room, just on the couch, stoic. And I knew I could see him shell-shocked. My father had carried such a lift for my mother for so many years. And I knew in that moment when I saw my dad that tonight was my night to step up. And walked down the hall, saw my uncle uh, in the bathroom with my mother holding her up on the toilet. And I just knew. And I went and took my suit off, my jacket off, my tie off, rolled up my sleeves, unbuttoned my shirt, and moved in to uh, nudge my uncle out of the way. And I told my mother, your son's here. She couldn't talk. She was in so much pain. She was trying to use the facilities. Her body was trapped up. And it was an incredibly intense scene. Um, and right then, uh, about a couple moments later, uh, my uncle starts shouting that, um, she was biting her tongue. And, uh, you know, I, I jammed a toothbrush into her mouth uh, to try to prevent her from biting her own tongue. Uh, but in that moment, Brandon, I saw her lower jaw recess back. And in that moment, I knew my mother was gone. And um, my uncle started shouting at my father, called the paramedics. And I just looked at him, I said, Uncle Jim, mom's gone. And uh, in that moment, I, I knew that the, the woman had brought me into the world, had transitioned to the other side of the veil. Uh, I slid my arms under her shoulder, under her armpits, lifted up her body, turned her around and carried my mother across the hallway into the bedroom and, and held her body until the paramedics came. And, um, you know, the rest of the night was, was super intense. There were many other elements of what ended up occurring. Um, but that moment of, of carrying her on her departure as she carried me on my entrance, uh, you know, it just changes us, changes us completely um, and uh, forever, forever rocked my life. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for sharing that. And I, I know that you share in the book about giving her eulogy and sharing the impact and, and the lives that she touched. And she was definitely a beacon of light for you and gave you the power to make the impact that you're making in the world today. And so I can only imagine what that was like going through that. But as you've alluded to, it was a transformational experience for you. And today you get to pay that forward from the impact that your mom created with you, which is so beautiful. And I, I wanted to kind of continue on with this. And one thing I saw in the book that I absolutely loved was the lesson that you learned from your mom. This is like way later in the book, but I thought this is so powerful and maybe just give some people a deeper level of permission that they might not have given themselves quite yet. And then we can start to unpack all the impact stuff. But um, I highlighted this, that you, you're, you know, years prior to that moment, obviously your mother sat you down and asked you a question, Alok, how do you feel when you give someone a present? And I thought the, the response and the lesson that you got from this was beautiful. So I would love for you to share that. Yeah, you know, she, the, the, so many of us uh, were sort of taught to deflect, right? And, um, and you know, the, the ability to receive, you know, and she said, you're ruining these moments when people are giving you gifts of various forms. And, you know, I just thought, well, you know, it's not about me. It's not this. And we, we deflect. And she looked at me and she said, look, you, you give out so much. This is not really in the book. She said, you give out so much. And she said, the honoring element when you are receiving is to say two words. Thank you. 
Thank you. That's it. Just receive. And so many of us that are givers, we really struggle with receiving and allowing, right? But really what I've come to learn is that that cuts off a whole half of flow, right? Things aren't a unidirectional, they're a circle, they're a cycle, they're a circuit, right? If you think about energy, energy flowing, you know, has two prongs, it creates a cycle, right? When you plug anything into the wall, it creates a circuit. And she basically revealed to me that I was cutting off the circuit by deflecting there and not just allowing and standing present with the thank you. It's so beautiful. And I think, like I said, permission, I think that gives everyone some massive permission is just, I say the quote all the time, you can't read the label from inside the jar. And, you know, it's like, like, you know, when you're sitting inside the jar, you can't read that. You couldn't read the nutrition facts that's out of the, on the label. And, and the beauty of being connected with other humans is they can read that label. They can tell you how valuable you are. They can tell you the things that they're grateful for you for. And when you don't receive that, like you, your mom said, it's not, not only are you robbing them of giving you that compliment. Cause like, you giving a gift to someone you wanted to be well-received. You know, it's like that awkward moment as a kid when your parents had to sit you down. It's like, okay, if Aunt Jenny gives you something and you don't like it, you have to still say thank you and appreciate it, right? So, 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 you know, like not, not only that, but just giving yourself massive permission that people are giving you signals that, that of the beauty and, and the impact that you're creating in the world. And that when you look into that, it just creates so many incredible things. So I, I love the story. I love the lesson that you share with your mom. And because we're recording this on today, and obviously, I think I'd do it any other day, but man, the rest of this episode is dedicated to your mom, Carol, um, just because we were recording this on her day that that couldn't have been an accident. So uh, excited to kind of share the impact that she's created and with you and with other people. So I'm super excited to dive in with the, the rest of your content, brother. So <laughs> I, feel her, I feel her with us right now, Brad, and I really want to honor mm. you. Her spirit is moving through my body right now. I'm getting a full signal emanating from mm. below my chin down to my first chakra uh just she's just she's joyfully participating in our time together today i love that i i, I got some chills and that's that's my that's my indication i think i'll plant a seed that i'm gonna go here right away but just just listen to alok's language there i just think it's so beautiful is connecting head to heart you know it's like i i had somebody earlier on the show blair blair dunkley and he profiled my language profile and he kind of shows how you think based on your language that you use. And he was like, dude, you need to shift to the heart side of things, which is obviously something that you've gotten really good at listening to is, is that component. So, so I'm, you are all about impact, right? And so I was trying to think about after going through your, your book and some of your other content, I think we need to lay the foundation for some of the quote unquote first principles of impact before we can kind of layer on some of the other things that people can do to create a, a bigger impact. And so I think obviously one of the biggest, uh, core tenets of, of impact is what you call MIP, your maximum impact potential, AKA the title of the book. Um, so I, I think that this is super, super powerful as just a starting point. If you could share what that means to you and really kind of set the, the foundation for us as we dive into this conversation about impact. Beautiful, what, what a powerful, powerful conversation. So this concept of maximum impact potential uh, emerged for me over the years, right? Uh, I've, I've been thinking about, you know, I didn't have the language of impact when I was young right? Uh, growing up, I just sort of had an understanding, an intuitive understanding that, A, I was a little different, <laughs> and uh, B, that I, I saw things, you know, uh, through a third eye clairvoyance uh, about certain, quote unquote, I guess what people would call superpowers, you know, that I didn't understand when I was young, right? Like leadership and magnetism and, and thoughtfulness and compassion, Right. And when you start combining all these things, you're like, oh, wow, like people will 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 follow my lead. Right. So what's my lead going to be? Right. And so um, I, I think it's important that I also uh, frame for the listener that when I was in college, um, I, I would actually let you know that I think my impact, my maximum impact track. Would have been not good. I want everyone to hear this. OK. In college, I was on track to become an investment banker. I was training and priming myself to move to New York, get an iBanking job at one of the big you know, finance houses. And what would my impact have been? Extracting as much capital out of any community or country or city or company that I could get my hands on. That's not pretty to say. And at 19 years old, I, I just thought you'd go out, you, you're, you're gonna make some money, right? Um, and so I just want everyone to know your maximum impact potential can be positive or negative. 
in my view. So in that moment, I had a spiritual experience in North India that changed my life forever. I was driving in the backseat of a car and uh, it was a hair raising drive. I, I, I won't go into all of it for you, but my 80 year old self sat next to me. And my 80 year old self looked at me and asked me three questions. What'd you do with your life? Who'd you spend your time with? And did it matter? And like in that moment, Brandon, it was like crazy because I was 19 and I'm like, uh, I'm going to be an investment banker and uh, I'm just going to go like make lots of money. And uh, in that <laughs> moment, I just knew I was like, oh my God, I'm going to disappoint my future self. Mm. So I went back to college, burned my major to the ground and started over. And that's what's led to this 20, 20 plus year career in building what people call social enterprise or being a social entrepreneur. Um, so maximum impact potential, right? Every day that you're alive, you can either increase or decrease your maximum impact potential. Uh, think of it like a, a stock ticker of a publicly traded company. You know, you go look up Microsoft or Apple, right? You're gonna see that kind of, it's not a straight line, but it's, it's going up and then a little bit of down going up, right? And what anyone who knows anything about investing is that it takes a long time to create momentum, right? Years and years and years. Now, if you also follow investing, you'll see that a singular decision by a company can crush the stock price, right? Boom, right? So I encourage everybody to think about that as far as your ticker symbol of your impact, right? Um, so for example, if someone comes to me and says, well, I haven't really done much with my life. Well, I just see sort of a flat line of impact, okay? But I know that in that moment, if they make a new commitment to who they be in the world, boom, their maximum impact potential skyrockets. So it doesn't matter where they're at. It, it matters to me the level of commitment that they're going to make today. Those of you listening, whatever date it is that you're listening to this beautiful recording that's being created here, you can commit to accelerating and elevating your maximum impact potential during your lifetime. And then keep that commitment for the rest of your life until you pass away. And then it'll be your legacy that continues to create impact after you're gone, right? So, you know, I don't want anyone to either be hard on themselves about the level of impact they've created up until today. I also don't want people to be hard on themselves for any mistakes that might have dropped their level of impact, right? For example, in 2016, I lost everything. I lost everything. One of those brutal moments of my life, Brandon second to my mom's passing, right? And in that moment, what do you guys think happened to my maximum impact potential? Dropped. It dropped because I had no money energy circulating through my ideas. Then they just become ideas, right? They just float as ideas. And okay, then someone else will borrow those ideas from the ethers and they'll run with the idea and they'll get the money energy to flow through the idea, right? So your maximum impact potential is your ability to commit most deeply to your biggest contribution out into the world and be able to flow money energy through those ideas. So that, that's the beginning. So, so cool. Oh man, there's so, you just planted so many seeds there. Cause like, I love the, the India driving story because I, my driving experience in Asia was not in India. It was in uh, Indonesia. And just like, God, like if anybody has experienced this before, it's like, you have dogs running through the streets. You have children running all over the place. You have like these, like the funniest thing is, especially in Thailand, like you have these teeny little motorbikes that you would not comprehend is physically possible to fit what they fit on those motorbikes. It's like an entire home stacked, like <laughs> somebody, somebody, when I was in uh when I was on a ride in, in Jakarta, they're like, <laughs> they pointed at this guy who literally has like a store on the back of his teeny little motorcycle. And he's like, that's, that's uh Indonesian Walmart right there. It's just like that's a, right. <laughs> so like i just just so people have some context is like as your 80 year old self appeared to you is what you were going through is you were careening through india <laughs> weaving throughout dogs and oh and, and so i can only imagine the clarity that an experience like that provided you and and yeah so i, I would love to I, I love that story and maybe we can dive deeper into what happened in 2016 later, but I love how you planted the seeds, not only for the visual of the maximum impact potential, but the, 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 the word that you use that I want to make sure that is highlighted is you said it was a decision and you talk about how there's three requirements of impact decision, um, vision and leverage. So I would love for you to kind of like add on top of the, the decision component so we can expand on it. Yeah, you know, everybody's life, your life right now is a result of your current decisions and commitments, all of them, 
all, every single one of them. Your physical health is a result of your current commitments, right? Uh, my relationship with Caitlin is a current result of my current decisions, right? So if I desire, as I do, right? A big, big part of my life right now is improving as a man, improving as a partner, improving as a father, right? Uh, which is a whole layer of impact, by the way. Right. It's many would argue that cracking the code in relationships is, is like the holy grail. Right. So many of us commit so much of our energies outward into the world. And I'm actually committing a huge amount of my energies to my relationship. And so it's realizing, oh, wow, uh, how did my past traumas from my childhood, how have I made decisions and commitments to who I will be based on that old version of who I be? And how is that showing up in my business? How is that showing up on my, in my relationship? How is that showing up as how I parent, right? So honestly, everybody, I, I, I just sit here and go, hmm, like, what would I like to be better in my life? And then what decisions am I courageous enough to make you know, for example, uh, I'm going flying down to Guatemala later this month to do my first darkness retreat, where I'll sit for four days in complete darkness in a room with no other humans, no technology, right? Woo! Talk about going inward so that you can create outward, uh, outward impact. So, you know, I just recommend to anybody, you know, here's who I look for in life. Results-driven, highly committed. Results-driven, highly committed. So your commitments literally your your life will be a reflection of your commitments you know so when i say to people i am the energy that changes the world i'm the result of the seven generations that came before me and the ripple effect seven generations out into the future this is who i be these are the commitments right when i say i'm the ripple effect seven generations of the future and i'm the result of the seven generations that came before me it's a decision to honor that huge flow of energy that's moving from the last seven generations through me and into the next seven generations that come. Does everybody hear the level of commitment that I'm making? And I invite all of you, begin to think this way and feel what might change when you realize that you're just part. But here's the deal. We're not just here to carry on lineages, right? We're here to also change the lineages, right? So for many people, they were growing up maybe with scarcity mentality right? They were taught old ideas about money and impact and power and all these old and what we call red zone leadership, that old way of thinking, okay? Well, you get to make new commitments to who you be, who you be first. When you start making new decisions, new commitments, by the way, nobody can stop you. Nobody can stop you. Nobody can say that that new commitment you've got to your greatest, highest self, oh no, that's wrong, you're egotistical, you're somehow bad, you're somehow full of yourself, you're arrogant. No, you're living into your highest and best, what I call soul mission that was coded into your DNA. You're merely removing the rubble that other people have piled on you of who you're supposed to be, and you're making new decisions about your life. Let nobody dictate that. Let nobody tell you that you can't make new decisions for who you be, because watch what happens out of those new decisions. Absolute extraordinary. One of my, another quote that I love so much is by Michelangelo. I saw the angel in the marble and I carved until I set him free, you know? So it's not, a, it's not about adding more to who you are. It's about subtracting what you're not. And so I just, I just love that on, on, <laughs> I love that on so many levels, man. This is just, I, 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 re, I took a glance at the clock and I can't believe how much time has already flown by. So there's like, this is, this is so beautiful. And I also want to encourage everyone to hit the back skip button a bunch and just listen to Alok's language, like the, the intentionality of the language that Alok uses. And I already sent a voice message to Alok when Marusha Murphy, shout out, uh, connected us. And, and as I heard Alok talking, um, it reminded me of another guest I've had on the show, Robert Tennyson Stevens, who talks about uh, language. So just if you haven't listened to the episode with Robert yet at the time this comes out, listen to Robert's talk about conscious language and then listen to how Alok speaks and you'll see the mastery of language at play. So that was just absolutely beautiful. So you, you've alluded Let's to- real quick right here. Yeah, Let's dive into yeah, something please. for your listeners, okay? Please. If they take nothing else from our time together right now, I want everyone to hear the following. You want to change everything in your existence, everything in your existence, whether that's your, your business, financial results, whether it's your, your relationship, your physical health, whatever it is, okay? Because conscious language, I love this. So let's go one step further. And we want to align four elements. We want to align four elements, okay? 
your thinking, your speaking, your writing, and your doing. Think, speak, write, do. Think, speak, write, do. So I want everyone out there, go look at where do you have a gap? Where And usually it's on the fourth one, right? They think amazing things. I'm, I'm going to change the world. I'm going to change lives. I'm going to touch all these lives. I'm going to make huge impact, right? Then they start speaking about it. They tell someone like Brandon, hey, I'm going to do all these things. And then they write about it in their journal. But notice the fourth language, the fourth element of conscious language is the expression of doing. It is a language. So align. Do what you say you're going to do. There's a line from uh, one of my um, uh, mentors a long time ago. Uh, do, what you're going to, do what you say you're going to do when you say you're going to do it, how you said you're going to do it. Do what you said you were going to do when you said you were going to do it, how you said you would do it. Right? So when we align those four elements of conscious communication, your thinking communicates into your body. Right? Your speaking communicates out into the world. Your writing starts communicating out to the world and into the universe. Your doing speaks out into the world. Align those four elements of conscious communication. Eliminate the gaps between your thinking, speaking, writing, and your doing. And watch what begins to happen. Don't say things that you won't do. Don't say things that you won't do. Sorry, I'm gonna I, no. That was epic. I'm gonna I'm gonna push a button even more and challenge everybody listening uh, to to another level just so that they they can like actually have something that we're like okay I'm gonna go do that today. Actually, on the day that this is recording right now, the episode that came out on the show is Hal Elrod, author of The Miracle Morning, and he talks about beating the snooze button. And I think what's really important is not only is it the commitments that you make to others, but it's the commitments that you make to yourself, right? And so, and it's those micro decisions that you're making on a daily basis that that really transform everything. And I think I listened to another interview you did where it's like, it was something small, like you told somebody you were going to watch a movie or something like that. And you were like, you were like, I didn't watch the movie and I had to get up and I have to go fucking watch this movie right now because I said I was going to do it. <laughs> so like, I would just encourage you, maybe that's, that's something you could do tomorrow is like whatever, whatever time you set for your alarm clock, that was your commitment to your future self that you were going to get up at that time. And it's in those small moments when you have to make those small decisions, as you said, decisions create everything else, that that's where the magic really happens. So there's something to encourage people to, to push on that a little bit more. <laughs> I hope y'all are paying attention. Pay the fuck attention. Please, <laughs> everyone looks for like the huge strategies, you know, and people come to me and hire me for, you know, run seven figure events and all these big, big strategies. If you can't, do the little commitments, right? Everybody, he's spot on. Pick something tomorrow and just do it or today. And just do it. Like say, I'm going to do this and then do it exactly how you said you were going to do it. The smallest things. So gold. Yeah. So let's, so another thing that you've alluded to a few times that I think is a really interesting concept that I hadn't heard of before, but you, you mentioned red zone businesses uh, just in, kind of in passing. And you've also mentioned circulation of energy. And so I kind of want to tie two of your concepts together if we can, but you talk about this concept of red zone, blue zone businesses and how blue zone businesses have found a way to circulate energy and, and wealth moving through them. So I would love for you to kind of explain that because I think it's a really powerful concept. Huge. So, you know, the, the concept, you know, for 20 years, I've been building impact-driven companies. And to be very honest, I didn't really have a language for what I was doing. It was just sort of like a simple idea that came uh, when I was in college. I, I was forming a mission statement. I was trying to come up with one of these hyper, I went to an intellectual liberal arts school and trying to come up with super sophisticated mission. And finally, one day I was like, I, I don't know what it is. All I know is, you know, uh, do good in the world and make other people's lives better. That literally, was became my mission. And I've lived it ever since. Not super sophisticated, but it actually is incredibly sophisticated. Uh, and so for 20 years, I built a company in clean energy to convert garbage into electricity and fuel, global media for women to reshape body image and mass media for women around the world, sustainable clothing that fed 500,000 meals to people, and all these epic things and now run this coaching and consulting company called Uplift Millions, right? Last year, when I was in Costa Rica, I was doing plant ceremony. I was sitting for ayahuasca and out of it emerged a layer of clarity. It was that where I was doing these ceremonies was a place called a blue zone. 
And there's five blue zones in the world that happen to have the highest percentage of 100-year-old humans. And so National Geographic and others studied this, right? And what did they find? They found that places that had these high degrees of longevity also had community, happiness, wellness, laughter, joy, love, connection. And it dawned on me while I was down there as I was having these ceremonies, I was like, wow, that's what I've been doing in business. So how do we bring those things into business? And I realized, oh my gosh, the last 400 years, 500 years of human history has been red zone leadership, right? Which is all about black people are expendable. Women are expendable. Nature is expendable. As long as you make profit at all costs, as long as you get filthy rich. And yes, I love business, but I was like, that doesn't feel right to me, right? And so this notion of a shift in the world from red zone, I believe most of the world has been cloaked in red zone leadership, extractionary capitalism, right? The desire to pillage and plunder for profit at all costs. And I was like, wow, what if the world began to shift to blue zone leadership? And I literally, in my mind, I literally saw a shift from red to blue, right? I was like, wow, what if everybody in the world ran businesses that valued people of color, that valued women, that saw nature as sacred and divine, creating our home, our clean oxygen, all the things that we rely on. And so for me, this notion became, how do we empower the leaders in the world who will create blue zone leadership in the world? And what you're asking about in terms of circulation, that's the identity. I realize that there's three phases of creating impact. You have to be able to be a wealth generator first. And that's what not most will fail just at that phase, right? Second from there is wealth accumulator, okay? Because many learn how to generate, but then they just spend it all. And they still are not in an ability to create their maximum impact potential. The third phase, once you become an accumulator, is wealth circulator. And this to me is the ultimate. You know, I truly believe that every community, company, city, country, needs at least one human who has the superpower of being able to move money energy through what I call that infinity loop, right? And so as we grow the business, we get to hire more people. See, everybody thinks about impact as far as, I wanna become a philanthropist. I wanna donate lots of money one day in my future. And I'm saying that's a real microcosm of your impact, by the way, <laughs> right? Your ability to be a job creator creates dignity by the way, living wage jobs, right? Not extractionary jobs, right? Meant to pay the least. I'm saying, how can we circulate the most to other humans? So last year, 2021 was my first year where I circulated over a million dollars to other humans. I'd never done that in my life. It was like, what? This is amazing. It's a, it's a feeling that you can't even comprehend how incredible it feels, where most people go, Oh my gosh, I lost a million dollars. No, I go, I circulated a million dollars. So, you know, I, I encourage everybody embrace moving from wealth generator to wealth accumulator to wealth circulator. You know, I always say to people, remember, you, you'll be remembered for how much you gave, not how much you kept. Oh my God. The, the, the treat to doing these is these are, these interviews are like my spark notes. So like, hello, future Brandon, listening to my own podcast. Cause that was epic. Like I'm going to go and take notes on that. Cause like, that was so cool. And one thing that reminds me of, I don't know if you've, have you seen the Ted talk by Kate Raworth about the donut economy? Say that again. It's, it's, she calls it the donut economy. No, but pray tell. Okay, so I, I, I have to send this to you because I was right. like, as I was reading your book, I, I looked this up as a reminder because I was thinking about it. It's just like, you know, when you look at human evolution, it starts with crawling, right? You're like, we're, we're, we're crawling and then eventually we stand. So like that, like outwards and upwards is literally like baked into our DNA of like walking and crawling. And she talks about in her TED talk about how economies cannot continue to pursue relentless growth at the expense of everything else. And she developed a model that's called and it, it, it's it, when you watch this, Alok, it's literally like it looks like your infinity loop. It's that we need to design an economy that's based on the cyclical nature of how nature behaves. You don't there's nothing in nature that that continues growing for forever. It needs to be reinvested. And so the language that you're speaking is just uh, in alignment with that. So like that, that I highly encourage you check that out personally, but also it's just a reminder of what 
shift we can make in our heads as far as just upward relentless growth instead of investing in ourselves as leaders and creating infinity loops where we're we're receiving and we're we're giving and we're at the center of it which is just epic so i, I love that so much yeah i mean here's you know the, the for everybody listening if you think about two let's say uh two cities or two nonprofits doesn't make a difference right the one that has a higher velocity of capital moving through it will thrive, right? If it's a city, the city will thrive. You'll have better neighborhoods, better restaurants, better home prices, lower crime rates, improved public health, right? The nonprofit will have more donor dollars flowing through it and be able to touch more lives. Uh, whatever your definition of thriving is. So if we understand that the acceleration of the velocity of capital through any particular thing will often dictate the thrivingness of that thing, then I empower everybody or encourage everyone to say, well, how can I become someone who accelerates the velocity of capital through ideas? Yeah. Watch what happens. Incredible, incredible things. Yeah. And I think you, uh, you use the analogy in the book about like money being like a river, you know, and it, like, obviously like th th think about like a, a bog or like a swamp. It's like, there's no fresh water flowing through it. And then it gets all green and gross and slimy and stuff like that. Whereas you have like a beautiful, clear river, there's the energy that's dissipating and moving and, and circulating. So I think there is so many lessons in nature and I'm excited for you to do your, your four day darkness thing you know i don't know if that's in nature or anything like that but like there's so many lessons that i think that you know as as we evolve we need to go back to go you know again i saw the angel in the marble and i carved until i set him free on, on, a, on a human side of things <laughs> we need to go back to you know our, our ancient evolution in many senses of of creating something that's going to be sustainable for our future which is which I is mean, crazy people ask me you know where do you go to connect to source i mean first of all i can sit here i'm connected to source right now um, but for me, my, my, my special place is to go up with the trees and I take our Uplift Millions adventure van and I'll drive and, and I'll just listen, right? I just sit and listen. It's not super sophisticated. Everyone thinks you have some sophisticated practice that you go, but no, I just, I just sit and commune with the trees. They're like my antenna to source. And, uh, I, I, I so encourage everybody to pick up what Brandon's saying right now, because when we start thinking in terms of those rhythms and how things grow and, and interact with one another. Our businesses are not separate from anything. They're not separate from our, our marriages. They're not separate from our parenting. They're not separate from our physical health. It's all one big holistic. And that used to sound so cliche, but it's really not. And it's a magical yeah. lens to look at life through. Yeah. I mean, I'll even add, I'll add another layer of woo to it. It's like, you're not separate from anything when you really look at it. So like, there's the, <laughs> there's, there's the other layer of woo to it, which I, I love so much. And, and, uh, I could tell you had a love for trees because I saw your son's name was Sequoia. So um, if that if that doesn't show a love for trees, I don't know what does, which is really cool. So I, I love that. And I, I so let's let's continue. So so far we've covered so much. We've, we we talked about creating infinity loops. We've talked about the velocity of capital. We've talked about the the maximum impact potential. There's there's one other thing that I want to give people before we move into some of the bottlenecks that I think, because this is my favorite chapter in your book is, is um, the chapter about um, quantum, you know, having multiple versions of yourself and that kind of stuff. But one, one quick thing that I think is super important is that we talked a lot about decisions so far, but there's one more kind of dimension to that I would, that I would love to highlight. And that was in, in, in your book, you were talking a lot about leaders that have created massive impact in the world, you know, Gandhi, Martin Luther King Jr., Mother Teresa. And you kind of started to realize that that all these people were not anything different than, than you and I. And so I would love for you to kind of expand on this and kind of give people permission because we view these people as superhuman when in, <laughs> when in reality, there's so much more. So ex expand on that a little bit. Uh, this is one of the biggest ahas I've ever had in my entire life. You know, for those of us that have had a hardwiring to contribute, contribution being a big driver for, for people like us, right? We, we, we aren't just living our lives just for our own benefit, right? We're saying, hey, how can we also benefit other people? Um, you know, many of us begin to study the greats, right? If, if you're an athlete, you're gonna study Michael Jordan and Pele and Serena Williams and, you know, these other absolute greats. Well, for me, I, I study the greats in impact. And, um, I'll, I'll be very honest with the listeners. I, I truly believed uh, this may even, I don't know, this might sound silly, but I literally believe they had a different DNA structure. <laughs> like, 
<laughs> I literally believe that like they were these like chosen ones, you know, that just had a different hardwiring than the rest of us. And so I marveled at that. And I, I felt there were, they were somehow other. There was an othering, right, that happened in my mind. And so I revered, right? I, I put them on a pedestal. And I thought, wow, God, they must have been born with something that I didn't have. And then the more that you read about them, right, the more that you read about their personal lives, they're fully human, right? <laughs> they were these human beings. They made mistakes, you know, and... And what I uncovered was that just one, like there was one element that linked all of them, no matter what, is that they simply made a different decision than the average person. They saw something going on around them that they just could not stand being a truth in the world. And so that was the first step. They looked, they were willing to have their heart be like a radar detector, right? Scanning humanity. And then they scan, they're like, oh, that right there. Whether it's Martin Luther King saying that voting not being equal for African-Americans in the United States, cannot take that. Gandhi, British, ruling a billion Indians, can't stand that. Mother Teresa, there's the, the infirm that needs care. We're gonna make a stand. So they, number one, their heart was opened and was willing to scan the landscape find a problem and say, I'm gonna pour. And then from there, it's the decision. I'm gonna pour my life force. And I want everyone to hear this. I call this units of transformational energy. Everybody is born with a certain uh, 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 amount, a certain bucket of units of transformational energy. Well, these courageous folk, the only difference I saw was that they scanned the landscape with their heart they identified the number one thing they could not stand to be true. And then the third part is that they decided I'm gonna pour my units of transformational energy throughout the remainder of my breaths alive towards changing this thing. That it was just a decision. And then I realized, and, and I wanna share with everybody, years ago, about 20 years ago, uh, a very wealthy uh, Caucasian woman uh, was shooting pool with me, a bunch of friends, and she kept high-fiving me, you know, where'd you learn to shoot like that? India, you know, and back then with the power dynamics of, of class and gender and all those things, I cowered. And then the next time I was up, she was like, great job, Gandhi, right? And at the time I was like, that's totally inappropriate. Like, why is she like labeling me based on my heritage and all those kind of injustices, right? Well, Brandon, I saw her 20 years later at a school reunion. I didn't say anything. After the, the thing started, the, 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 the head of the school started talking. She leaned over to me. She goes, 20 years ago, I called you Gandhi. I'm really sorry. Right? And I want everyone to hear this. I leaned over and whispered in her ear, I am Gandhi. And you should have seen the look on her face. Like she just didn't know. I didn't need to judge her anymore. I want everyone to hear this. Less judgment, more love. Less judgment, more love. I loved her in that moment. I didn't judge her anymore. I'd evolved and I realized that I am Gandhi and so are you. If you, if you desire it, you wanna make decisions of who you be, you don't need some superhero DNA. You need a powerful decision. One that's available to you right now as you are listening to this recording. I, okay. So, so many, so many good things. That was so, so good. I, I looked this up really quickly because my friend wrote this on Facebook the other day and I never spend time on Facebook. I, I only check when I have like a message or something like that, but every once in a while, Facebook will sneak in like at the very top, like one post. So like they, they got me and it was my friend that wrote this. And he had this quote that I had to write down the other day. And he said, when you make peace with the mirror, the reflection changes. And I was like, oh my God, that's so good. But I mean, that, that, that's, that's what happened in that moment with Gigi is like, you know, she was, it was a derogatory comment at the time to call you Gandhi. But then you realize, and you talk about this in your book too, like a stepping into your worth and, you know, a, a, accepting your value. And like, after the transformation that you experienced, it's like you were channeling that same energy that, that Gandhi had. And like, you've been able to, to create that. So, so, so cool. And I just want to, let everyone know that we're only scratching the surface on just just Alok's book, you know. So so go 
before we even enter, end this, we have still, still have some time to go, don't worry, but Maximum Impact Potential, go check it out on Amazon. I read it this past week, it's epic. Um, and I, I, I read a lot of books, you know, every single week I'm reading books because of the guests that come on the show. And this is one where there's concepts that I'm absolutely gonna be returning to. So uh, if you have to pause right now and go buy it right now, go get Maximum Impact Potential because it's epic. So one of the other, other things inside of your book that- I wanna just say one thing real yeah, quick, Brandon, sure. about that for everybody listening. Yeah. Please don't read the book. If, 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 if you decide that you want to go get the book, okay, great, amazing. Commit to me that you will not read the book about me. Please read it about yourself. Mm -hmm. This book is not about a local pother. When people come and ask me, can you sign my book? I say, no, put your own signature in this book. This book is about you. It's about you. So please, everybody read it about yourself, not about me. I love that. Really cool frame. That's, that's cool. I've never heard of anybody uh, not signing a book for that, for that exact reason. That's epic. So um, we have about like 15 ish, 13 minutes left. And, and I, I want to cover if we can two more things that are impact bottlenecks. Um, and, and you talk about this in the section of the book where it's like, you know, there's, there's five different things that are inhibiting your ability to circulate and do all these kinds of things that we talk about. Um, I'm trying to pick which so so two of two of them really stood out to me. One of them was not being deliberate about your state of being, and the the, the last one was actually not shifting your negative emotional states. Where you talk about tree, uh, so I think I think tree we can't miss. But the, the first one I think is huge. So talk to us a little bit about Trinity from the Matrix because I think this this one really resonated with me, and I think that um, understanding who your future self is and 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 what that has to do with the Matrix, I think was really cool. Oh man, it, this is this is one of the most powerful life-changing experiences. And you know, we teased it with my 80-year-old self coming. And so, you know, this is where things can get a little out there. Um, yep. <laughs> this moves us, and I, I know you roll this way. Um, so listeners, you know, let's go for a little journey here. Um and I'll just I'll just say what I'll what you know, whenever we explore into this territory on the on the show, I just always encourage you what would happen if you tried it that's like it's right not, it's, it's it's not gonna hurt you if you go a little bit past the woo woo line like if you don't if it doesn't serve you don't use it anymore but that's there's right. so much so much value to just trying it so so there's the hat i would encourage you to put on before we dive into this <laughs> right throw out anything that doesn't align a hundred percent for you you know we're planting seeds here i'm merely passing along the seeds you know, that took me from broke in 2016 to running a seven figure company, scaling to eight figures and all the kind of fabulous, whatever things that people go, oh my gosh, it's amazing what's happening for you. I'm like, well, pay attention to these things because they're literally the things that jump started the shift. So let's go out. Let's, let's take a little journey. Let's get in the spaceship and uh, uh, <laughs> we're going to go out to the quantum field. And so, you know, one of the most powerful ideas that I'll plant here is that there's multiple versions of you existing in simultaneity right now, okay? There's a future version of you, and there's also past versions of you, and then there's what you perceive to be the present version of you that may be listening to this track. And uh, I'll cut through the woo for a second, and, and I'll prove to people that this is true, right? And they'll say, how can you do that? And I'll say, well, uh, right now, right now in this very moment, I can literally go embody my 2016 self that lost everything. I could climb right back into that apparatus, that beingness. I could choose it in this moment. I could literally start making the decisions and being that version of myself right now. That version is literally like he's standing right here and he's like, oh, you, you, you want to bring this one forward? Perfect. I can climb into him and I can be him now. Now, most people listening could probably be like, yeah, I could totally see that. You know, there was that, that version of me back then. And, you know, if I wanted to start being them, I could totally be them, right? Likewise, so if you can already open up, if that seed planted and you could already feel like there's an old version of yourself that maybe it's in your relationship, maybe it's in your business, maybe, maybe, maybe you used to be less heavy and you're heavier now, or maybe you used to be more heavy and you're less heavy now, like you can probably think about the beingness of who you were being back then. It's probably pretty accessible to you right now. Am I right? I mean, just feel it. You don't have to Absolutely. answer Right. So if you can open to the notion that you could literally right now turn into that version of you that's in the field, they're right there. They didn't go anywhere, by the way. 
Well, now we can open you up to this version over here, the future version. Well, what if I pose to you that it's as easy to click yourself into that beingness now? That beingness, can you be open to that? Right? If we just say they're all just a timeline and they're all floating right in the space. And if I tell you that this version of your past self is as accessible as the future version, now your mind immediately will go, but, but Alok, see, I have evidence of that past one. And I already know that that happened. Great. Create evidence of the future one. What would the evidence, what would you need to believe in order to bring your future self into your present? And so, you know, a lot of people look external. They look external, right? Hey, I need a mentor or a guide. And I love that, right? I, have, I will never go without a mentor, right? Myself. I always have a, an external human mentor who's with me, looking at me. By the way, that was the big change if we want to get into it. Sorry, ask for help. So my point here is that you also have an internal mentor that's 100% in your corner 24 hours a day. So tune into them because, by the way, they're not confused. Hear me clearly when I say this to everybody. While you might be at a crossroads moments, an indecision, self-doubt, worry, insecurity, a challenge, an obstacle, all these things that are currently on your radar, your future you is not confused at all. Not confused in the slightest. So begin to build a relationship with that future version of yourself and shrink that distance that you perceive them to be. See, most people... Brandon will say, my, my past self is right here. You know, they know they can climb into that version of, they see it as the proximity is very close, but they think that their future self is somehow way out there. The proximity of both is equal. They're both equally accessible. They're both equally possible. And see what happens if you show up today out into your life, whether it's your relationships, your parenting, your business, as the future version of yourself, who's not confused at all, watch what happens. So, so freaking good. I'm just going to add yes. And a whole bunch of all that. Um, the first several, several things come to mind. First Eckhart Tolle's work, the power of now, um, you know, you talk, talk about there's, there's no, really, there is no such thing as a past or a future. The only thing that really exists is the, the present moment. So like, if, if that's true, if the past moment is not as true as the future moment they both can exist right so like that's just another logical thing there two other resources i would recommend everyone check out one two other guests on the show actually todd herman he wrote the book called the alter ego effect talks a lot about like building another version of you that you can step into that's another way of playing with this right and the other one and i don't know do you know dr benjamin hardy Alok? have you met, have you I, met I know i know of him but i don't know his work intimately okay so so he's got a book out that if you're this obsessed with it, I would highly recommend you dive into it. It's called "Be Your Future Self Now," <laughs> uh, and, and, and he and Ben Ben's epic. But like Ben Ben is a researcher by trade, and so he went deep into the scientific literature on being your future self. So like as much as Alok and I introduced this concept as something that's woo woo, it's like it's it's really very concrete when you look at it. And so if you want, I would trust you know "Be Your Future Self Now" is a great resource if you want to dive into this topic a little bit more. But it's 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 so so real. So. Um, and I just want to add something here. If yeah. you, you like, I read greatness, right? Like I literally, like I, I read about sports figures. I read about artists. I read about musicians. I read about greatness across industries. And if you listen and getting back to our conscious language, if you listen to many of them somewhere along the line, they will say the following words ever since blank date, I saw myself receiving, achieving, being, doing, creating. Literally, they like I read a, there was a, a, an NFL football player who I think he got picked first in the NFL draft or something. And he had a suit coat where he wrote all, he had all of his journal entries printed onto the inner lining of his suit to receive that number one draft pick announcement. And it was all the things that he had been programming himself around. He didn't wait for the outcome. He chose to be the cause of the outcome. 
so so freaking good man i we have five minutes left i would love to try to fit in the tree but like i don't want to make you late for your other thing because i think it's a lot to cram in so i'm just gonna i'm just gonna say and, and continue to build on this really quick and then we'll wrap up but yeah. i actually highlighted this as a really kind of obscure highlight from your book but it was it was something you had said what new skill does a loke need to add so that he can create more value for his clients raise his prices and create more impact flow so the reason the reason why i highlighted it is because this is an obscure pattern that I've started to, to realize is many, many high performers have the ability to look at themselves from an external perspective. Um, and so like I, I've developed this concept that I call the player versus the architect. There's two versions of you. There's the, the player version of you that does the thing. And then there's the architect version of you that designs the game for the player. And so I think that it's really healthy to, to think about the future version of you. When I sent Aloka a voice message last week, um, I was in the middle of literally running for a marathon. I ran my marathon yesterday and, and um, today, actually so on Sunday and, and, and yesterday I texted a friend, I'm like, let's go do an ultra. So we're doing a Spartan ultra. It's a 50 K 60 obstacle. So there's a future version of me that I know is running that race right now. And I had to go figure out how to be that human. So I love this concept. And uh, if anybody takes something away, there's so much to take away, but I think that that concept is super, super powerful. So man, Alok, this has just been absolutely incredible. Um, I, I, the, the one question, I don't know if you can ask this kind of, uh, or answer this within our time, but I love to ask many of our guests, what does happiness mean to them? So like, this is a question I asked to many different guests. So I'd love to hear your quick, uh, download of, of, of what happiness means to you today. You know, for me, happiness is the, the real pursuit is how can I create the most extraordinary life for myself and those that I love and do my best to contribute into the happiness of others, whether that be my son, a uh, big expression of happiness for me is experiencing my son's emotional intelligence, right? His ability to express emotions, his ability to tell me how he feels, right? We live in a world where men have really been taught to, you know, hide their emotions, be stoic, be strong, be tough. And I, I truly believe that, you know, as we change future generations of men, we're gonna see violence against women drop, and, and so many other things begin to change. So uh, I would say one little slice of my happiness is my joy in witnessing the growth of the next generation and feeling um, a steward that, you know, whatever my shortcomings as a father, um, it's I'm pouring myself into that little boy such that he may grow up uh, hopefully with a smaller range of, of trauma and, and things that, you know, uh, I had to witness and experience uh, and just seeing him have joy Brandon, watching him run around a, a playground or uh, one of those, you know, parkour gyms or whatever, and he's just able to experience happiness and pure joy with no, none of the, the sort of stresses and, and burdens of, of adulting and adulthood. And so, you know, for me, happiness is really witnessing him thriving. And then I'd say the other layer that I'm working very deeply on um, is, is my own, my own healing. Right, and for many of us that that have a big mission, if you if you look under the hood, it's it's because we experience some pretty challenging realities at different parts of our lives, and so I'd say deep healing, deep 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 healing, right? To be gentle, I'd say the biggest act that anybody listening here can can do to change the world in a better direction is to love yourself, to really love yourself. I don't mean from some you know cheerleader rah rah rah. I mean you could have that too. But to really just be able to be gentle, put your hands on your own body, say, thank you. So grateful for you. So grateful for this heart and these lungs. So grateful for these veins moving this life force energy through my body. So every day that I wake up healthy and capable and with my mind fully functioning, uh, I get to experience the joy of, of the miracle. You know, I say to people, I, I am that my body is a sacred vessel for daily miracles. And uh, when we can truly live that, it, it creates happiness instantly. So beautiful. I'm just going to say just one or two sentences to you listening right now. And I just want to say, I am so grateful that you are here right now, that you listen to this conversation. And if you've been touched by something that Alok shared today, that, you know, as, as a result of the impact that his mom made, Carol, who, who left, who left 13 years ago today and is still continuing to create a legacy is just absolutely epic. So I would, I would deeply appreciate it if you could share something, uh, share this with somebody, because this can absolutely change someone's life. So that's all I have to say. Alok, any, any final things you want to say before we, yeah, I just want to say, 
I want to particularly, uh, I want to acknowledge and honor all of the women who are listening. I want to truly honor you for the leaders that you are, whether that's in your homes, whether that's in your businesses, whether that's in your communities, whoever you be out there, for the women, know that this is your time to absolutely rise. I truly, I said to Caitlin the other day, I said, you know, it's really become pretty simple. I truly believe that to change the world, we need to plant more trees and we need to empower more women to have more money flow through the hands of women around the world. And I, I literally believe that the seven major challenges that the world face from poverty, migration, climate, water, all will go in a different direction as more money flows through more women and we plant more trees. So I just wanna honor and acknowledge all of the women listening that we see you. We are, I love being behind the scenes, the guy behind the curtains who's you know, moving forward the agenda of women around the world. I think the time has come where you know, it doesn't have to be the, the women behind the scenes, right? I think we can reverse that. So I just wanna honor and acknowledge all you women listening out there. Thank you so much for who you be. Beautiful. Alok, I appreciate you so much, my friend, and I'm looking forward to continuing the conversation. Thank you so much for having me, Brandon. It's been an honor.